0: All of my major investments have been in health, just mm-hmm. in improving my health. That in turn helps me to be happier, right? Like I'm just in a better mood. Having a blueprint
1: and testing is, is a very good return on investment. Welcome to the Seamlund podcast. I'm your host Seam Lund, and today our guest is Joe Cohen. Joe is the founder and CEO of selfhacked.com and self-decode. Self-Decode is a genetics decoding company. You can get personalized health recommendations based on your DNA and the latest scientific research. They have numerous different DNA reports for different areas of focus like weight loss, longevity, gastrointestinal health, cognition and even mood. Recently, Self-Decode came out with their 2.0 software that incorporates artificial intelligence in generating the DNA reports is the most advanced and comprehensive consumer DNA service in the world. You can get a 10% discount with the code SEAM at get.selfdecode.com forward slash SEAM. Joe, welcome to the show. Hey Sim, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I'm glad to talk with you again. And uh, we uh, spoke first time last year in uh around maybe like uh, the spring um so it's been like a year since the last time we talked about dna so has there any has there been like any you know uh, new uh, discoveries about this dna tests and genetics or uh, how's like the technology itself has uh, has it evolved any further
0: yeah so um you know i'm I'm obviously a big fan of uh using dna and biohacking and uh, learning about you know your body right so Ah, uh, biohacking is all about learning and optimizing your body, and I think uh, you know using personalized health is is very big uh, for optimizing uh, learning and optimizing your body. Uh, so the, there's some exciting updates in in the DNA field, and that's I feel like that's something that uh, we could talk about a bit. But um, basically, um, you know, up to now, uh, companies. Uh, you know, companies have been using a handful of variants or SNPs to basically look at someone's risk score, right? And, well, I mean, for the past two years, we've been working on basically the next generation analysis. So uh, let, let me just explain to you what, um, you know, so uh, basically there's kind of like there's a level of statistical significance and what other companies are doing is they're looking at maybe – the most statistically significant, uh, variants or SNPs. And, uh, they're, they're putting it into some algorithm. Every company has a different quality algorithm. They might have different quality SNPs, uh, but more or less they're taking, they're looking at a study. They're looking at the most significant variants and then, or, or multiple studies. And then they're, uh, putting it through some kind of algorithm. That's more or less what is done. Now, uh, basically in 2018, there was a famous Harvard paper that that got published about um, I mean, there were pu- there were papers, papers published also in Stanford that, it, uh, you know, basically using these kind just using a handful of snips uh, is not as is, is not very effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason is because uh, it turns out that millions of variants are having an impact on every trait. Right. Uh, Most traits, when it comes to chronic diseases and uh, like maybe not eye color or something like that or hair color, uh, those are more, you know, controlled by much fewer variants. But when it comes to something that's very complex, such as intelligence or, um, you know, cognitive function or your cardiovascular system, your heart health, you know, uh, any kind of complex trait. Uh, or chronic disease the the chronic diseases are usually complex uh, traits uh, they're they 're controlled by millions of variants usually or or hundreds uh, hundreds of thousands and so uh, what 's the, the next generation approach is to be looking at hundreds of thousands or millions of variants and using machine learning and AI to uh, look at the um, you know basically find the trend in you know individual or, or thousands of individuals with this you know with these variants these millions of variants have one thing and thousands of uh, individuals with millions other you know variants or whatever and it basically looks for trends and uh yeah. to see where you know uh what what are you know it's 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 not just having one variant it's having a trend of variants uh right. and then uh finding what the risk scores are based on those trends and so, um, basically, um, you know, so when, if you're looking into a DNA testing company, you should be looking at how many, uh, variants, uh, they're looking at. And I looked at every single one and they're only looking, I was actually pretty surprised because they, most of them tell you, if they don't tell you, then they're, they're not actually looking at many. Um, but the, but I've, um, almost all of them, uh, show, um, uh, the ones that don't show are usually even worse, but, uh, it's basically, it goes from anywhere between one and 30 variants, right. Or something like that. It's, it's a low number of variants, anywhere less than a hundred. And, um, and so what we're doing now is we're actually looking, we put on every report, how many variants we looked at, how many, uh, and, and so it's, it's, uh, some of them are above a million. Um, they're, they're usually in the hundreds of thousands or above a million and, um, And basically, and that's a very compute heavy process. So it's very, it was very difficult uh, to do this. You need data engineering teams and we, you need very big data engineering teams, software development teams, uh, and also uh, data scientists and, uh, uh, you know, um, top scientists in order to pull it off. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of like one big thing that I think is very important to uh, understand about like the field of dna now um and it's something i only you know realized uh relatively recently that you you really do have to look at a large number of these variants
1: it's almost like um, uh, yeah like looking at this massive amount of data and then finding these trends of uh, whether or not these uh, these uh, snips or variants are associated with particular diseases like uh, heart disease or uh, alzheimer's or something like that and then like where, where is it, um, is it looking at these associations based on studies or uh, based on some sort of a database that you have like uh, gathered?
0: So it's a combination. It's looking at uh, studies and also databases uh, to come up with these uh, models of looking at uh, many hundreds of thousands or millions of uh, variants. Uh, but in order to do that, you actually need to do a couple of things. So uh, you might ask, for example, how do we look at a million variants? if 23andMe, let's say, or our, even our own chip, uh, let's say 23andMe, they only have 650,000 variants. Hmm. Ours has maybe 700,000, right? So how right. are we even looking at that? Um, an interesting thing in this field is that you could also use machine learning and AI to predict other variants based on a set of variants, right? So basically, it's like, imagine you have a book and you know you have a sentence. Let's say you have a paragraph. And some letters are cut out, right? But you can put an AI machine learning model on that to basically look at the patterns in other books and come up with a complete paragraph. Mm-hmm. That's essentially how it works with DNA, right? is because right. a lot of because a lot of variants are inherited together, it's kind of like you get like certain letters of of different words strung together. That's what's sequenced, and then you can predict the other ones with. Mm-hmm. Usually about a ninety-eight. It's about a ninety-eight percent accuracy, which is almost as good as the actual sequencing itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, basically, yes, yeah, So that's what we we do. It's called imputation. That's the scientific term. So the first step is you have to have a very good imputation pipeline in order to do that well, which is this prediction pipeline of hey, hey, here's the number of variants that we have. Now predict millions of variants. So what we do is. Uh, we we could take a file of uh, 650,000 variants and then take that and convert it to a file with 83 million variants, SNPs. Um, something that, it, basically the number of SNPs every day goes up. Um, and that's because the way a SNP is defined as any variation, a single variation that's inherited or passed down and as we sequence more and more people, we find these rare, more and more rare SNPs that are passed down. Um, so, uh, basically, uh, yeah, I mean, there's uh, they have found 83 million uh, of these variants, and and the, you know the trick in in this field is to try to find, um, try to predict the rare variants because those are actually they could be the most useful ones because you know if somebody has generally if somebody's got a problem. Um, you know, a lot of times it could be the, you know, some common variants, a whole, a combination of common variants, or sometimes it could be the rare variants that are, are really increasing someone's risk. You really want to get their rare variants and you also want to get the common ones. So the more that you can predict, the better the model will be. So the first stage is prediction of these eight, how good of prediction you have for these 83 million variants and especially the rare ones so for example we have a full-time team just working on that itself
1: right yeah yeah. <laughs> i would imagine yeah, like how much you know the computation has to go into that and uh like a human mind probably wouldn't be able to uh like calculate that or <laughs> be able to uh, come up with the uh right answer so it has to be like AI. yeah yeah
0: no absolutely not i mean where yeah. you, the, the amount of data that you're dealing with 83 million variants um is just you know, it, it's something that's very hard to think about, right? Hmm. Uh, so you have to use machine learning. You have to use these AI models. And so that I think that's like really important to understand this because, you know, you, you have to, under, like I think people who are into biohacking and into DNA and, and learning more about their blueprint, uh, I think it's important to realize how these things actually work. So there is tidbits of information that you could get from, very important genes right uh but on the other hand you also want to look at when looking at the risk you also want to look at the uh millions of variants uh, another thing that i would i would bring up is that um and, you know this is very interesting is that when we looked at um, other companies uh we uh, what i saw was that they don't act none of them actually give personalized recommendations based on genetics Mm-hmm. and the reason is cuz it's very difficult to do as well right is we have a full science team just looking at the recommendations and giving the personalized recommendations um it's about a team of you know it, it, it's it's a and and you know it's it's a very difficult task it's it's uh uh you know th- there's a large team just working just on that and so uh and you know if somebody's doing it is if they show you uh what gene they're making the recommendation based on if they don't show you that then what Mm -hmm. they're just doing is they're giving you a risk score taking generic recommendations um they're taking generic recommendations and uh giving you those and so um i think that uh it's important to realize uh you know if, if you want generic if you want uh real personalized recommendations you have to make sure that the uh service you're using is actually giving those
1: right yeah what, what about the general uh, like um, how big of a role do these genes uh, have on your uh, this risk of diseases as well like uh, like should like if a, if a person has let's say a bad gene for uh, some disease like how worried should they be like is there some sort of a scale or uh, that sort of thing so that's a really
0: good point actually um, if actually most of the things that you can be high on genetic risk for you won't actually get Right. Mm -hmm. And the real promise of genetics is uh, uh, that you can combine it with other types of information. So, let's say, for example, at Self Decode, we also use labs and uh, environmental data now uh, we're integrating in order to come up with a better risk score model. Because just genetics, you know, for example, let's say if you're high, low risk for heart disease, but if you smoke, your risk goes up tremendously, right? You could definitely, you could be high risk of heart disease if you smoke two packs of cigarettes a day, right? That's something that's environmental. Um, Same with a lot of other things that you do, right? There's a lot of things that interact. When you're dealing, the more complex a system is, the more, you know, usually the environment interacts with it. Um, And so there's definitely a very big environmental role. Uh, And so uh, the labs, and the, and the like questionnaires can basically encapsulate a lot of the environment. And that's really what you want in terms of you don't want just your genetic risk because um, you, you can overcome that. But the main thing that when we're dealing with genetics right now, the main, I think, you know, the any kind of risk or is just a curiosity. The main thing you want to look at are what are the best recommendations for this kind of thing based on my genetics. Mm-hmm. Right. And. Right. and so no matter what your uh actual risk is you always want to lower your risk for stuff right right, right? i mean that's that's yeah. a given
1: <laughs> yeah yeah like it's almost like you know there's different kinds of like with with your genetics there's like multiple uh, paths of uh, where your body can you know go down like it can go down uh, the path of you know a disease or uh accelerated aging or uh, neurodegeneration or uh Optimal health and vitality, et cetera, et cetera, And you know, if you're if you're like just winging it, going through through life with like uh, on by default, uh, then uh, you may just you know randomly uh, accidentally go on t- towards the, like the wrong path or something. Whereas if you know the, the risks, then you can basically pull the switch of okay, I uh, want to head in that direction and make sure that I do uh, reach you know that path.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think like uh, even if uh, even like let's say me, I've been biohacking for uh you know uh a decade and a half or more um probably two decades depends what you consider but um you know basically like there's always things like let's say i've i've tried you know tons of stuff but there's always stuff that you know you look at something and you see oh interesting i've got this gene here's recommendations maybe i you know uh for this um so i'm always looking at the topics that i'm interested in Mm -hmm. um on self-decode and just scanning what the recommendations are and and sometimes i I look at the specific genes uh to to understand like why it's more important for me um and uh you know and, and so basically like i know there's the things that i know that i work for me based on personal experience and then there's the things that are more difficult to know right if somebody is concerned about You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's always things, no matter what the topic is, uh, it could be mood. I've been into mood hacking for the past uh, year and a half. Um, So uh, for me, um, you know, I mean, there's things that I know work, but then there's things that, you know, it's just maybe didn't didn't register. I didn't really pay enough attention to it. And so it's good to uh, look at the things that come up based on my genetics. and uh you know just good recommendations
1: in general yeah i'm interested to hear like what 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 are some of the things that uh help with your moods or uh what are the some of like what what would be like bad genes for a mood
0: (laughs) oh that's a good question so for me personally um i've I've dug into this uh there's a lot of serotonin genes related to mood Hmm. and they kind of do different things they're different receptors. Some of them are transporters. Some of them are involved in serotonin creation. You know, it's kind of like when you just talk about serotonin, there's actually a lot of different pathways that go into it. Um, a lot of them are not functioning well for me, uh, just naturally. And, uh, so the things that increase serotonin, I find good benefit for, um, and without the, the the side effects that people typically hear about from SSRIs, which is just like a very like just blunting, um, you know, kind of like I don't really experience side effects from it, but I experience the benefits. Whereas uh, I do hear a lot of side effects from SSRIs. Now it doesn't mean that you know nobody should take an SSRI. Maybe I mean, uh, uh, personally, for me, I just you know I I would I wouldn't do it, but. Uh, <laughs> right. um, I, I just find that uh, the stuff that I do is kind of like, you know, um, it works on the serotonin system, but it's not like a jackhammer. You know, it's more of a scalpel. Uh, and, and so that's like one system for mood. Another is a cannabinoid system. Right. Mm-hmm. It, you know, you feel good from pot, But even when you're not smoking pot, you have a lot of different cannabinoid parts of the system in your brain either creating cannabinoids or receptors for them. That's a significant part of mood. Um, uh, There's dopamine. There's uh, norepinephrine. There's a lot of different neurotransmitters that are involved in mood, and they also have many different components to them. But I found that uh, the ones that are related to serotonin for me, uh, cannabinoids, I also had some BDNF, so there's nerve growth factors, Uh, I produce less BDNF. And so, for example, uh, if I don't get light for a couple hours, like strong light, I'll notice my mood dropping. You know, some people could do well with like one hour of light, you know, being outside. I need to be outside for like five, six hours a day at least to, um, uh, you know, uh, sunshine or or just bright light in order to uh, have good impacts on my mood. Um, And just anything that increases BDNF generally works for me. So serotonin, BDNF, these are kind of good pathways that uh, I like. Cannabinoid, what else? There's there's a couple of them, but those are uh, some of the ones that uh, stick out to me
1: offhand. Yeah. Have you, like, heard or have you uh, discovered anything new uh, with the uh, 2.0 version of the uh of the code? Like, like for, from the past, like, you did the, the, the original originals of the code, but, like, now with the new version, like, have you noticed anything uh, new about your genes? Yeah, name? I I always... Um, I mean, first of all, uh,
0: yeah, I always discover... Every time I read some report, I discover new and interesting stuff. But um, it seems like, like, let's say the... Um, the 2.0 does have, ser- you know, it does have serotonin recommendations when it comes for mood for me. So that turns out to work out pretty well. Um, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, uh, I mean, you know, I, I discovered a few genes, um, but uh, in terms of, uh, yeah, I mean it's basically like every time I read one, uh, one, one of the reports I discover like new and interesting information. Uh, but, um, I've, you know, I've been looking at this for a while. It's just, it's something, um, it's, it's uh, the way I see genetics is kind of like, imagine, imagine you have a manual for yourself. Um, Mm. you know, and each topic is like, you know, could be its own book or it's like a chapter of, of your book at least. And, um, that book keeps on getting updated as information gets updated every year the science gets more updated and the tools that we're using um, also get updated to analyze the science mm. and so i mean because you know um you really do need to use some very significant tools and and even build some of your own custom tools um it's it's a massive data engineering problem right and right. uh just to the scale of the data is tremendous mm. uh so um, it's not only data engineering, it's, it, you know, so, we're, but it, it's really just uh, a lot of stuff, but we're, you know, the AI also improves, you know, the, the general AI, uh, you know, AI based tools improve every year, and also people with those skills, um, and also people, more people are skilled in bioinformatics and genomics, um, so you're also having more talent hit the market, but, um, it, you know, the it's uh every 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 like you know every year or every every couple months the chapters of your of your topic are you know whatever topic you're interested in are are being updated and uh you know i personally look at them every once in a while um you know i i find it interesting to look at hey what's my risk and then yeah I, I I mean, there's not that much to do about your risk per se, and except that you look at your recommendations, um, meaning you could have genetically higher risk, but then what's important is how you you know how you uh the stuff that you're doing that interact with that because we know that lifestyle has a massive impact. so right. i'm I'm always looking, you know, um if I look at my mood report right now, I see the serotonin genes. Uh that's why I got rec one of the reasons why I got recommended 5 HDP. Um so for example, uh tryptophan hydroxylase 2 helps create serotonin from 5 HDP. Um so uh basically, you know, um mine is not working as well, and so ser- uh 5 HDP helps me. I actually only started taking 5 HDP as a result of my genetics. Um I think this was also, this was on the version one report as well, but it, it's also on the version two. Right. So there's a lot of similarities, of course. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've been taking that for about a year and a half now, because of the reports, like I've been very uh, diligent about it. Now I take it every day. And, and noticed, I, I take
1: Notice any differences
0: or I mean, yeah, I noticed massive differences. So, um, I would say that um, mood hacking has definitely had is probably uh, the second biggest impact that biohacking had in my life. Using my genetics and and you know just in general biohacking in general. Um, right. Before that, it was getting rid of inflammation. I had a lot of health issues, and you know that basically the inf- getting rid of the health issues and inflammation allowed me to work and uh, you know, start companies like self decode. Mm -hmm. Um, but that only, um, and so that kind of went pretty far actually. I mean, like I was fine. There was no issues, but even people without any health issues can experience mood, uh, low moods. Right. Right. And I was finding that, you know, with running a company and being in a relationship, um and uh you know i had a, a breakup back then as well um just a lot of different uh i moved to a new country uh then there was corona that hit so there was a lot of uh there was a lot of things going on and uh you know i found it was just like i was you know i i had periods of uh pretty bad moods and i said hey wait a second you know hmm. um I got to, I got to focus in on this and, um, you know, cause they all kind of came together at one shot, like Corona and, right. and it was like, Hey, wait a second. This is not, uh, you know, um, like I, I know how to deal with this stuff I got to take it seriously. And so I looked at my reports, I, you know, thought about, okay, what are like the stuff that like, I basically, I, I did read those, uh, mood related reports in detail. Uh, Because there were more challenges in my life, right? So, I mean, at some points, you could be completely fine. And then, but at that point, there was a lot more challenges with all the stuff going on. Um, And so, uh, but yeah, I I basically uh, read the reports. I I, I did a lot of other things. Uh, You know, I I, I bought the necessary supplements. For me, it was mostly supplements, to be honest, uh, that helped me. and uh, since then, it's been great. I mean, it has a, it's, it's had a massive impact, right? Um, now, I'm much also much more sensitive to it. Like, if I'm, ever, if I'm ever in a bad mood, I know I have to do something. I have to something. I didn't do something right, right? Like, yes. okay, it's time to put me
1: in a good mood right now um usually some supplements <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that's a good point in a sense that uh, you can even like like you can even have like bad health uh, but if you have a good mood or you like you're uh, happy es- essentially then your your subjective quality of life is still higher <laughs> than than uh, if you were to be like super healthy but uh in a bad mood or unhappy etc so the mood like the massive like it's just the psychological subjective uh just subjective differences are pretty huge yeah, 100%. Um,
0: I mean, they they kind of interact with each other. If you're in a bad mood, it's going to affect your health. And if you're uh, unhealthy, it's going to affect your mood. So you, you really do need to take care of both of them. You could be very healthy, though, and be in a bad mood. There's no question about that. And um, I just found that I was like, hey, wait a second. I have to start really thinking about this more because you know um having your health is great and i was healthy there's no problem with my health but you also have to make sure that you're always happy right yeah, yeah. cuz that's like you know it's like those are the two most important things and it's just so it's so interesting that um you know what people do to become happy but i you know in my opinion it's all about the brain chemistry right mm. there's there's two people that will be living exactly the same life and one person will be very happy, one person will not, right? Obviously, so yeah. what's the difference? Uh, I don't, I personally had tried the um, the uh, mental hacking stuff, like trying to have different thoughts and different things, and I didn't find any of that helped me, like positive thinking or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I mean, some people say it works for them. I tried it. It did not have any effect whatsoever, and I also tried uh, at One point going to psychotherapy personally did not help me at all, Hmm. Um, you know. uh, But uh, actually, it it does help a lot of people. So, uh, but but uh, in any case, um, what you know, uh, what I for me, I find that manipulating my brain chemistry with uh, over-the-counter supplements um, and also other lifestyle stuff. You know, if I'm not exercising, that's a problem. I'm not getting sun. That's a problem, like I discussed, but uh, manipulating uh, with like over-the-counter stuff, I find has been a game
1: changer. Yeah, it's like very underrated, like these uh, nutrients, like uh, vitamins, minerals, as well as other supplements that may have like a pretty uh, huge impact. Like magnesium can be like pretty huge for a lot of people who have like sleeping problems or uh, some other like uh, inflammation issues. So yeah, like, like this small stuff can be pretty huge. Uh, but you just have to look look, like figure out whether or not you, whether or not you need it and what kind of a thing would have like the biggest like the uh, biggest effect
0: yeah uh, something interesting now that you brought up magnesium is and this is kind of where genetics comes in you're right magnesium helps a lot of people it actually did not help me at all hmm. uh in terms of mood um and magnesium interacts with the uh NMDA receptors more than anything else right it's like it's more focused on that and i don't have a problem with that and i find that every time i take gaba stuff it also doesn't help me hmm. so some people have big problems with gaba right. could be nmda uh you asked about hey what's the you know what are important what's important for mood right those are two things that i didn't mention before <laughs> it's, right. but it, like cuz it's not for me i mean like it just doesn't it doesn't do anything for me so for me a lot of it was serotonin a lot of it was uh cannabinoid um and uh, BDNF were 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 some of the biggest ones, and so anything that increases those, I find, has a impact on my mood. Hmm.
1: You mentioned that uh, like the science is always like you know evolving in this field, and you know we get new information year by year. So like what like would it be worth it then to you know uh, do the DNA test now or like wait a few years because like the uh, the information and the data would be get better like maybe in like uh, ten years or something.
0: Well, it's always going to get better. That's not a question. It's like, do you should you buy a car now or should you wait ten years to buy a car because it's going to right. get better? Right. Every year the car gets better, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you need you want to you want useful information now. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's not going to get right. I mean, you know, as soon the cars are going to drive themselves. They're going to be fully electric. Hmm. Should you wait? You can if you want, but if you need a car now, yeah. <laughs> even if it's worse, right? If People bought cars, uh, a hundred years ago, right? <laughs> it's right. just, uh, sometimes you just needed something now, even if, if, even if it gets better.
1: Hmm.
0: So, uh, that, that's how I see it. And, and I think, um, I think you really need to think about it in, in a way. Uh, I think you need, need to think about it and not you, but people need to think about genetics in a different way. Uh, basically, you know, think about how many things you spent $100 on or something like that, right? A lot of it could have been really stupid. I hmm. mean, I I know myself, right? I mean, you could buy some lab tests, like just one lab test at one point in time is going to cost you easy $100, right? And I, and I think lab tests are worth it too, right? Uh, but genetics is something that for $99, you get so much information that I think it's a no-brainer to, to do it right and then uh as time goes on you get better information but but just i got mine in like 2012 around uh i was just like hey this is crazy i get all this information for 100 bucks (laughs) or whatever i think it was 199 then i was like this is crazy i'm of course i'm gonna get this even though there was nothing that useful back then i was like i'll just wait you know it's the same it's the same thing though. you get you have the same data and it lasts so um that was probably the best investment I ever, I've ever made. Uh, and, uh, you know, and and if you think about it, if you really, um, w- the way I see my health is that if I make a slight improvement, it can have a huge impact on my life, right? If I yeah. make a 10% improvement in my mood, how valuable is that, right? I think, can you put a price on it, right? right. Um, the fact that I've made like, 50 percent or doubling my mood right like really i'm just like really significantly better mood yeah i don't think you could put a uh price tag on that like massive massive difference um or you know massive can i put a price tag on my health in general i mean you know uh, for me personally uh, it's been tremendously uh, lucrative because you know I could I couldn't do anything before, right? Right. right. Um, so the quality, I, I mean, you can't really. So it's just like people do things. You know, you could buy a, a ticket for an amusement park for a hundred bucks, and it's like, okay, it was fine, it was nice, whatever. <laughs> you go to a club, I mean, like anything. You buy a beer in a, in in some restaurants like twenty bucks. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, you know, and it's not even that good for health, but, um, you know, it's, it's basically like, uh, you know, if you really do the analysis of like, what is the best return on your health, it's on, you know, in your, in your life, it's, it's improving your health, right. Um, either adding years to your life or, or more importantly, the quality, uh, being happier, being healthier. And so I, I think that, um, all of my major investments have been in health just in improving my health, my time, like my a lot of my free time is spent on that. Um, and and that that in turn helps me to be happier. Right. Like I'm just in a better mood. Uh, so I think that's the best investment is to be healthy and then also be in a good mood. And how do you do that? By being healthy, <laughs> you know, um, and also, uh, you know, just taking care of yourself. And um, I personally think that, you know, this this blueprint, having a blueprint and testing um, is is a very good return on investment.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And uh, yeah, like the, uh, the amount of uh, valuable information that you can get from that is uh, huge, you know, like almost like unlimited. And you just have to like understand it a bit better. And it does maybe require more um, like this patience and uh, going through the information and then making the changes. But yeah, like the information itself is uh, quite yeah, invaluable if you apply it, like if you apply the knowledge, et cetera. And yeah, like there's so many things that people buy that don't have like any uh, benefit to their health. And uh, yeah, if they were to just you know, get it over with, uh, then like the data, like I said, it stays the same, like even even if the uh, software gets updated, even if the new studies come out, et cetera, like the data is still the, st- is th- is still the same, like your uh, genes don't change. You just have to, uh, you have like a better uh, understanding of interpreting it. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Uh, and and that would be, I mean,
0: the equivalent would be like, actually, you know, the car stays the same, but the software upgrades get better, right? You're not yeah. upgrading your hardware until CRISPR is widespread, um, you know, until yeah. you could do genetic engineering, which is not in the near future. Uh, so you're just, up, uh, you know, upgrading the software is what you can do to interact with the hardware better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to maybe like walk us through a bit more of the uh, 2.0 dashboard as well, if it's possible?
0: Yeah, sure. I could. Uh, you want me to share, share my screen? Yeah, I'm going to. Okay. So here's, let's say, um, let's say if I look at mood and anxiety, it says I have genetically increased risk. You can see this above average. Um, this is for anxiety. This is for mood. And then, for each report, you could also look at how many variants it analyzes. so this one is eighty four thousand two hundred and five, and what's this one? eight hundred and seven and a half thousand okay mm-hmm. um, and and so basically, you know, just kind of quantifies it in different ways uh so that you could get you know basically genetically where are you in the population and of course you know. It, There's, um, you know, there's, you could be genetically low and have anxiety. Most people, a lot of people, are going to have some types of anxiety, or you can be genetically high and not have it, as in my case. Um, But anyway, you have kind of like a a summary of uh, a summary of recommendations here, and you could click on any of the recommendations. Uh, that'll take you to why Uh, so if you look at this one you see cbd this one is actually um important for the cannabinoid system Mm -hmm. but you can kind of just look at let's say uh, uh, why it's recommending this so you could say your gab rg2 gene variant is associated with anxiety it likely suppresses gaba purple passion flower may increase gaba levels right so you could see like what is the gene and then it also tells you just like you know a little bit of a history what what's the dosage um and what's the main mechanism
1: mm-hmm. yeah all so, those like it's good yeah. but because like there's all these references also uh next to the uh things that you recommend so it's all based on like the actual study so it's not like uh something that you you made up it's all based on like references and people can like read the studies Correct. themselves. everything
0: is to. backed by references yeah yeah um, and so everything is, uh, you know, kind of uh, we give you like uh, for, for most of the recommendations you see, the vast majority of them, you see uh, wh- why we're recommending it even more. Um, and it tells you the evidence. The, it shows you bars for evidence, impact. And uh, basically the where it falls basically goes up or down based on also the genetics and also how good it is as a recommendation. Uh, if we look at here, uh, where is um, so you can see St. John's mood So for mood stuff. You see these two are actually serotonin based, uh, yoga does improve my mood exercise probiotics. Um, I don't, yeah, I mean, um, I, I don't really notice a big impact from probiotics to be honest, but these actually do work for me pretty well. And if I go here. You could look at um, what the evidence is in general, right? Uh, And what mine is specifically. How 5 htp helps with low mood, right? And then you could see your TPH2 gene variant, and we could click on this and also just read up what this is. tryptophan hydroxylase 2. It helps um, enzymes that help produce serotonin. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you could kind, you could, uh, you could click on any of the references here. It's going to take you to a uh, scientific studies, um, and it'll show you. You know, you can. It, it, it everything we say is uh, supported. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and um, so. Uh, That's pretty much, I mean, these are the reports. And so uh, we're releasing, uh, we have a bunch of reports in the version one. And now we're focusing on the version two. You could see the different topics here like weight, cholesterol, stress, blood sugar, joint pain, irritable bowel, blood pressure. Kind of, uh, there's a a lot of different topics. And um, these are very different than just like a a report by another company because you could see their like a chapter of a book that's just related to you rather than oh here is your score based on two variants and um you know uh here's your generic recommendation that is on webmd hmm. right
1: is there uh, any... they don't tell you that they don't tell you that but that's what it is <laughs> yeah is there anything like you're like uh, currently uh, working on or currently like you know solving based upon the new information so, um, yeah,
0: I mean, uh, let's see i mean um i don't I don't have an issue with weight, so that's not an issue with me um I mean, so like the stuff that's related to mood are the ones that i'm I'm really looking at um and uh let's see, i mean, uh sometimes uh blood sugar um uh, you know it depends on what like. I mean, it's, mine is pretty decent now. I mean, genetically, um, I think like if we look at my, when I was eating very healthy, I still had a uh, higher blood sugar. So I think I probably do genetic, I have genetically have higher risk for type two diabetes, but, um, you know, so it's something I keep an eye on every so often, but I find that, um, uh, you know, my, my risk, like I, I find that I'm able to keep it under control with supplements. And I find resistant starch is actually really beneficial for that, for me in particular. Mm-hmm. And it seems like uh, it's because of this gene. Okay. So it says I carry the hunter-gatherer variant of this uh, TCF7L2 gene. People with this gene don't seem to handle carbs well. You may need to limit even high fiber carbs like whole grains which are normally protective against diabetes and so this is something that um um yeah i, I was having a hard time getting re- good resistant starch so i just made my own and so we we market it and like it's it's a product we sell as well mm, um you know any product that i find difficult to get i actually also created a mood supplement cuz i didn't find any good mood formulations so <laughs> I was just like, okay, <laughs> just do that. Uh, but in, in any case, um, yeah, I mean, uh, we just rebuilt the the new labs, and so we have. Uh, you can buy labs here. You can. Uh, it's a whole lab analyzer uh, that uh, is quite cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yes, yeah, so you can buy. There's at home kits in the U.S. Uh, the, the labs to get to buy labs are in the U.S., but you can input them from anywhere. And uh, we integrated that into the version too. So it's going to also start coming up in the reports, like which lab markers to check based on the report. And it'll, the results will also show up in the report. So we integrated that. We we used to have like the lab analyzer as like a separate thing. Um, actually, it just came out today so uh, or yesterday. And so I didn't even have a chance to upload any results. But um I'm pretty excited about that. And uh, essentially, um, you know, going forward, it's uh, I'm pretty excited that we're going to be, you know, we're improving on all fronts in terms of the I mean, we hired a bunch of people. So right now we have uh, 70 people in the science and engineering team just working on wow. self-decode. Yeah. Um, and that's also something that's quite interesting. Sometimes I'll look at like LinkedIn just to see who's working for other companies and um it turns out they basically don't have any scientists all the companies i worked i looked at it's the DNA, dna companies the dna co- the only one that does is uh 23me mm, okay <laughs> uh besides 23 i mean it's just uh besides 23me there was one company that was quite big uh they only had one scientist working there so i don't know what the hell is going on there um i mean not everybody's on linkedin that works for a company but Usually about 80 to 90% of people are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, theoretically, they could be two scientists, but still something is weird. Um, And then there was another, it was just a bunch of companies I saw that were like, I looked at every single company's LinkedIn. They didn't have uh, any scientists, very light engineering team, um, mainly people in marketing and product and uh, very, very little scientists none of whom had uh, the capability to build the tools that are needed, actually. So these kinds of tools are actually uh, the only private companies that I know working on these things directly. Uh, We're the only ones that working on these things directly to consumer. Even 23andMe is not working. They're not focused on the health part. They're more focused on uh, pharmacogenomics and trying to find new drugs. Uh, but even if you look at the reports, they look at maybe a thousand variants. Um, there, uh, that's the most I've ever seen. But they're basically not really focused on uh, the health stuff, as as everyone knows. They're basically focused on uh, licensing the data to find drugs. Right. So, uh, you know, it's kind of also data issue, data privacy issues that they're involved in. But uh, essentially, that that's their business model: licensing data to find new drugs. Uh, they're not really looking at, uh, so they want to create new drugs, and they have some, They have legit scientists working on that to to do that. But um, other companies uh, that I looked at on their about pages, LinkedIn, just different places, they didn't actually have a necessary science team to implement any of these things.
1: Right. What are what are like are there actually any regulations from like the EU or the FDA or something uh, on the uh, DNA tests or DNA companies?
0: Yeah, I mean regulations. There is regulations uh, in terms of uh, you really. I mean, like you you can't be. Uh, there is regulations, right? There's no question that there's regulations, and we try to focus more on health rather than uh, disease. But uh, the tools that we're building really are are. Can be used for disease and health. Uh, it's just how you're phrasing things, really. Uh, like you could call this diabetes, or you could call this blood sugar. Right. Um. You know. You. Uh. So it, it's kind of stuff like that. Um. You, you don't. You know. And and the thing is, is that the main thing that the regulatory bodies care about is um, if people are taking actions that can harm their health. So we try to be pretty careful about. Um, in in the fda's opinion of course we try to uh be very careful about you know um putting disclaimers and um you know uh not giving any advice that can harm people's health Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean so yeah i mean in the industry it is uh you know it, it is uh somewhat of an issue right but um yeah, I mean, uh, every company is is has different level of aggressiveness. A lot of companies are are quite aggressive. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah,
1: right. I would imagine, like you know, uh, the average person, if they get the, like their DNA test done, then even though there are like these reports, then a lot of the times they may not be able to like you know uh, interpret it or translate it that well and understand it. So uh, do you, does your company have like any, uh, you know, consultations based upon the uh, reports so that people like can work with an actual professional who can, you know, guide them through their uh, results? Yeah, we have,
0: uh, we have something like that, actually. Um, I mean, we, first of all, we do have that, but also we, we try to make the reports as simple as possible so that uh, it's not hundred, it's not required, right? You could basically anybody could. Download the report and then look at the recommendations. Those are the most important things. What are the recommendations that self decode gives me? And, uh, you know, and you then you could take it from there, right? Everything else besides that is uh, kind of optional. You could look at studies if you want. You could focus on your risk, but the thing is, the risk score is not as relevant to what you're doing to prevent that, right? So if you're living a healthy life, if you're doing things that could counteract that, then it's not. Uh, you know, you shouldn't get freaked out about any kind of risk. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, yeah, so I think those are the, you know, focus on what you can do. uh, And, and so that's pretty simply laid out. Um, You know, something that's interesting also is uh, you want to be careful about is sometimes companies will only look at a recommendation for a given SNP, And, you want to be careful about that because the body is really complex. So what we do is we make sure the recommendation is very good for the topic in general. And then what we do is we prioritize that recommendation based on uh, you know the genetics, right? And so you don't only just want to look at variants and then come up with recommendations. And you don't only just want to look at a topic and then come up with the recommendations because then it's generic for everybody so you need both and that's something that uh you know companies will usually either do one or the other either get give you a risk score and then give you generic stuff or uh just give you like you know you need to take this very specific thing just because of this one snip that you have you want to be careful about that
1: Mm -hmm. gotcha do you have like any plans with like uh uh, self-decode 3.0 in the future like what what it would be like the next thing that you didn't have uh, like what kind of uh, technological bottlenecks are there right now that you wish you had overcome
0: yeah so what we're working on it's it's right now i mean we're building features but uh, we're also um, yeah we're building like a personalized uh, digital health coach within the app now Hmm. and that's basically going to take information and then give you back more personalized information so that it's a very personalized experience that's that's what we want to focus on is making the whole experience more personalized and then also just always getting more accurate information so uh, one of the things that we're going to be doing is uh, I'm, we're working on uh, an ancestry product right now um, and ancestry is not only important you know it's not only just a curiosity thing it's actually important. Uh, it also can help the risk scores as well. Because if you're Finnish, right, uh, if you're from Finland or if you're from the Middle East, having, the, having certain variants can have very different effects because it really depends on your whole genome as a whole, right? Because you inherit a lot of uh, variants together. So if you're Middle Eastern and you have X, Y, and Z variants, the effect could be different if you're Finnish and you have X, Y, and Z variant. Mm-hmm. So you need to analyze it even on a more granular basis. You have to, it, and and you can't just ask people what their ancestry is because most people don't even know, right? You might right. be born in Finland or Estonia or wherever. Um, and actually your grandparents migrated from Sweden or something, you know, right. it's like, you, you really can't know. So um We, you know, getting a accurate ancestry tool uh, is is one way to improve the analysis and then also uh, doing, uh, you know, um, doing that. uh, And then also getting more data from users and getting more access to data from other um, kind of public databases will allow us to feed it into the machine learning model and get it more accurate over time. And then uh, one of the big projects we're working on, uh, I mentioned about the imputation, uh, finding out more of the rare variants for individuals. That is going to be helping. Um, and then uh, also just uh, the um, the risk, getting uh, to an absolute risk rather than here's your genetic risk, right? So the genetic risk could be interesting. Okay, I got a high risk for this genetically, but mo- what people want to know even more is what is my absolute risk for this, right? And in order to do that, we have to look at your genetics, your labs, and also you have to fill out a questionnaire. So integrating that data into an absolute uh, metric is something that's not an easy task, but it is what we're actively working on. And so that's why we have the lab analyzer built for version two. We're um, going to be releasing, we're we're actively working on the, you know, uh, it's called Decody, uh AI Bot. that's going to be asking you questions uh, to basically get information and then give you more personalized experience. Mm-hmm. And so uh, then getting like an absolute risk score uh, is something that will be very helpful. And then the other thing is, uh, as we have more customers and more data, we can also do analysis better on the recommendations that are working for people and use our AI to come up with even more accurate uh, recommendations. So a lot of these are science challenges that, um, you know, we, we expect to be publishing papers on, getting patents on. Um, but it's, it's stuff that we have, like, teams working on each thing. That's kind of why we have. And, and you know, and, um, yeah, it, it's, it's why we, uh, you know, expanding our database. There's a lot of stuff we want to do. Uh, but it's not easy, which is why other companies don't do it. It's really the simple answer. It's very easy to market something like, Hey, look at your genetics. And then you could write whatever you want, right? Like you could just create a genetics app and just fill it with random information. And people would be like, Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Whatever. Mm. (laughs) Like you really do want to look at the, uh, uh, the team, not advisors. Advisors don't do any work. Mm. They're just for, uh, marketing right uh you actually want to look at the team that a company has right because if they don't have those data engineering teams if they don't have those science teams uh the product is 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 going to be tremendously inferior it's not like a car that you can use and you see how fast it goes you don't know what's behind the hood right, right. and uh so i find when i'm looking at a company what i look at is do they actually use an individual's genetics to change the recommendation. If they do, they'll show you how, right? Um, and they don't. Uh what I look for is the team of the company. Who are the not just, you know, do these scientists, do they have machine learning AI scientists, do they have top notch developers? Do they have the 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 team that's actually required uh to build a type of tool like this? Uh and, and so that's kind of um that's something that I look at and um, do they give recommendations, you know, uh, good recommendations, right? How do they come up with these recommendations? Um, is, is it just generic taken from WebMD or is it like, you know, you have one SNP here, or you need to take this just because of this one SNP? You do want to look at those things. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, and also, I mean, it also depends on the topic. You know, you want the companies that are, Uh, have the topics you're interested in because i think it's very topic focused but in order to really do it right um it unfortunately it is unfortunate that because it's a very hard product to do right and consumers don't realize generally what is a good or not good product companies just focus on the marketing and they don't have the science team to back it up right they basically it's just a marketing product they fill it with you know random nonsense take WebMD or or just like it's, you know, it, it could be done very cheaply if you want to. Um, yeah. And so the, 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 they'll, um, every company that I've seen in the space has been doing that for the most part. I mean, 23andMe is not. The only issue with them is that um, they don't have the topics, they don't have the personalized recommendations, they don't have labs, they don't have other things. Um, so it's just a very different product. But um, what they do have is pretty good science and just in terms of like if they're telling you something it usually is good science like they're able to predict ancestry pretty well uh it is something they focus on um right. lo- they're they're the only game in town right now for ancestry until we make a, an ancestry product and they're like if you if i i've taken a lot of the ancestry products and they come up with that i'm um uh, middle eastern or something hmm. but um uh 23me was the only one that nailed it um Great. i'm a hundred percent ashkenazi uh ashkenazi jew and so these other companies don't have these accurate ancestry products and if you don't know your ancestry you would be like oh okay i don't know but uh but they were all completely inaccurate it's all junk okay. um so yeah yeah no th- that's how you know like you you could look at their ancestry product and see how accurate that is you could look at their team you could look at um, you know, if do they have references? What are the reference follow some of those references? You could look at uh did they have precision health recommendations that actually change based on your genes? Um, do they have the necessary team to make this work? Um, or is this just you know, marketing in a prettier, you know, prettier side or whatever.
1: Right, right. Well yeah, that's uh, I, I agree that yeah, there's a lot of uh like short Shortcuts people take in, in, in business as well. And uh, yeah, like um, I am definitely enjoy your product a lot. It's a very uh, easy to under tra- understand. It's uh, comprehensible. And yeah, I do believe like the data and the science as well. It's a really awesome, awesome thing uh, that you're doing. Um, but yeah, like, you know, uh, let's start wrapping things up as well. Like uh, before I ask my last question, uh, where can people learn more about SelfDecode 2.0 and uh, your work?
0: Yeah, they can go to selfdecode.com. Uh, my Instagram is Mr. Biohacker at Mr. Biohacker, but uh, you can, you know, people could go to selfdecode.com and, um, you know, uh, learn more about it there. And uh, yeah, it's pretty much,
1: it's pretty much it. Good. And we're going to put all the links in the show notes. Uh, my last question is, uh, what's this one piece of advice or a habit that you wish you'd have sooner?
0: I wish I would have focused on my mood sooner. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, like, uh, you know, um, it had a very big impact. And uh, I mean, I I did focus on my health in general as soon as, you know, as I could. So I don't regret that. But um, focusing on my mood sooner was a big one. I think Hmm. it's something that people don't really focus on. Or if they do, they kind of use, you know, they try to use mindset hacks that didn't work for me so i started with the mindset hacks and uh they just didn't work one ounce for me i'm not, I'm not yeah. saying they don't work in general i can't know that but for me they didn't help at all hmm. so i would I, w- I wish i would have um you know paid more attention learned about my you know neurochemistry my biology um yeah that's that's definitely something i wish i would have done sooner yeah, it's
1: interesting because uh i think like last year uh, you said something different like you said something about maybe your, your general genetics. But yeah, like, uh, now that you've uh, optimized your mood and seen the, like, the results, now it's like a different yeah, answer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's had a huge impact. Um, I mean, I, I was interested in mood last year, but I kind of, you know, I was just, um, it was kind of like I started a year and a half ago, but then a year ago, like, I, I kind of made a decision at some point where it's like, I got to start taking this very seriously, right? Mm. Like this is like really important. It's got a good ROI return on investment. Um, And then once I just kind of made that mental, you know, note that like, Hey, this is very serious. And um, yeah, I mean, in general, I always uh, thought health is uh, very important and that it's always a good investment to read about your health, learn more about your health, um, you know, learn more about your, how your body works. I've always thought that's a great investment. So for me, I don't even read fiction. I just go with like, what's the, yeah. you know, because what can help me? What, you know, like, you don't, what's the ROI on fiction, right? For me, I'm like, you know, the <laughs> ROI on health is tremendous, right? So, right. yeah, but uh, in, but specifically mood was uh, a very big one.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, I agree. And uh, yeah, like, you can't wait. You can't wait until uh, these th- things happen. Like, you have to actually take some uh, steps towards like your mood and happiness. So, yeah hundred percent well it was uh, fun uh, talking with you again and uh, yeah looking forward to your uh, future work the (laughs) 3.0 all right thank you it was great talking to you you too